All right, it is 7.30. We are, I believe, live on the internet. If we're not, uh, you know, we don't know. So uh, I'm Gabe DeArmond, publisher of PowerMizzou.com. Hopefully you guys all know that since you tuned in to watch this. This is the 573 Report, brought to you by 573Ts. It's a Local clothing company here in Columbia, 573tees.com. It is not hard to figure out. Find them on the web. Check out everything they do. Going to be uh, thanking them a few times and want to direct you to their website. But uh, what we want to do right now is bring in Mitchell Forty. That's him right there on the other side of the screen. So I've hit two buttons. They both work so far. This is a successful debut over the next, uh, you know, 60 minutes or so we're going to talk some mizzou football mitch uh as far as we know in the last hour and 40 minutes no mizzou players have opted out of saturday's game against alabama yeah although the way the way things have been going uh you know it's not impossible that someone has and we just haven't found out yet uh had a what four opt or three opt-outs now i guess in the last uh day and a half that we've found out about um, a couple more injuries that have knocked people out for a while so it's actually it's been a really newsy couple days i'm excited to chat with it and i'm excited to make power mizzou history with you gabe did all the <laughs> setting up this I, I don't understand what we're what we're really we're, we're doing right now but uh yeah excited to talk on the internet uh, understanding is is really not a requirement i only uh i only know because jay tate from our auburn site really helped me set everything up so uh credit to jay and want to thank him for doing that and again hopefully this is working um you know, I, I guess we'll see. Uh, you guys can comment. Uh, great. We actually have a comment. I'm going to hit this just to prove that we are capable of doing it. See, there you go. Jacob says it is coming through great on his end, and he is excited for this. Now, what I'm going to have to do is uh, figure out a way to make that. We're doing some of this live, guys. I'm, I'm just going to let you all know we're doing some of this on the fly, and... Uh, you're going to have to stick with us a little bit. So there you go. See, now Jacob's comment actually shows up a little bit, coming through great on my end. That's all you have to do. To take part in this, just comment. It'll come on the broadcast if uh, if we put it on there. We do actually have some editorial uh, you know, oversight here. So try to keep it as clean as you can. Um but if, you, if you've got anything to say at any point, feel free to, uh, to just drop it in, ask a question, make a comment, whatever you guys want to do. This is kind of our way of interacting with you. And this season, it's going to be a little bit different. Mitch, you're, you're going to go to a few football games. Uh, I'm at this point planning on being right here for, for however many football games Missouri plays. Yeah, you're just going to be doing a lot of talking on the Internet. Um, yeah, I'll be, at, I'll be at the home games. Uh, it is going to be different, but at least we have a season. Six weeks ago, maybe wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have thought we'd be at this point. So uh, we're going to make the best of it. Hopefully, you all like this uh, this little bit different way to, to get our brilliant insights. Yeah, and we will uh, we'll we'll have plenty of stuff on game days on Saturdays. And again, just uh, it, the only thing I've learned about YouTube is I'm supposed to ask you to subscribe multiple multiple times during the show. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. You're going to get a notification when we go live. I got one. I got an email uh, when we went live. So uh, you'll you'll be able to know anytime we're doing anything. Uh, 
Also, guys, let me know. It sounds fine to me. If there are audio problems, if, if you guys are having any problems, just comment. We'll, we'll try to fix it. Like I said, we're doing this on the fly. But let's get to, to talking about a little football. Um, the news of the day, Eli Drinkwitz said, you know, uh, two more guys have opted out. That's C.J. Boone and Jack Buford. That brings Missouri's total to 67 scholarship players for Saturday. As far as we know, that's what, five opt-outs? Is, is that right, Mitch? Is that, does that right, match what five you think? Opt-outs, yes. Five opt-outs, and they've got another what, seven, five guys maybe injured for the season, we yeah, think. A couple medical retirements, a few guys out for the year, Taylor Powell transferred, um, and that, that brought us to, I think, 80 scholarship, or I mean 70 scholarship players. Um, and then there are seven players out for Saturday, and so presumably three of those are on scholarship, but that might be math, might be getting a little hairy there. Math's not our strong suit. But <laughs> yes, I, be- I believe that there are, uh, are, I think, 70 scholarship players active for this entire season. Yeah, and that, uh, let's, let's be honest, that could be a little bit of an issue, you know. Um, I, I'm, I'm messing with uh, with some of the comments. Uh, I'm going to try to make sure you guys can see it, okay? But uh, Mitch, while we're uh, while we're talking, the, the question is basically: Do you think all the opt outs are going to be welcomed back? And look, every coach in the country has said the right thing, right? Uh, they're they're welcome to do as they please. They're welcome to come back. All that. But at the end of this season, this is going to be kind of an interesting thing for coaches to for coaches to handle. I mean, are players opting out because they were too low on the depth chart? Are they opting out because there's a legitimate health concern? I, I don't know how you make that judgment, but I do think it's – we don't know the answer, but, but what John asks is a real question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, yeah, I think it's going to be kind of a case-by-case basis. Certainly no coach is going to come out and say, well, yeah, that player opted out, so he wasn't welcome back. But, you know, I, I do think that, you know, maybe the players that opted out a couple weeks ago might have a little more compelling case than those that waited until the first depth chart came out. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it's very possible that, you know, one of the players who opted out today, maybe someone in their family got sick. Who knows? I don't, I don't want to spec about, speculate too much about individual situations. I do think it's safe to say that not every player is opting out purely out of health concerns. And I think it's safe to say that not every player who has opted out will, will probably wind up back on Missouri's roster next season. Um, that's, you know, especially given the fact that so many players are able to come back, there might be, uh, you know, there might have to be some people shepherded out, those people might want to leave on their own. I don't know, but I think I think that is just a safe assumption. And we have no idea at this point. I mean, the truth of the matter is, we don't know how many scholarships teams are going to be allowed to have next year. I mean, at this right. point, are they going to give everybody in the country 110 scholarships? Because that's almost what they would have to do. Even though, yeah, I don't think they're going to do it, and I don't think it would make a whole lot of sense to do it. Uh, so we're we're just going to start rolling through some of these comments. We've also comments and questions. We've also got some uh, that that people have asked either on Twitter or our site from earlier today. But Steve wants to know three four defense. Does that mean D line zoo is dead? And now Ryan Walters, you tell me how you interpreted what Walters said earlier today. I I think the defense is pretty much what the defense was last year, but they are calling the defensive end position an outside linebacker, and so. He, he called it a 3-4 shell, 
which I, I don't know. Maybe you know a little more about what that is than I do. I hope so. I, I, I mean, it would be hard to know a lot less, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my impression is, I mean, when he was describing, he said, yeah, it'll be more of a 3-4 shell. But like he said, yeah, those guys were already kind of standing up a lot anyway. So that's what they'll kind of continue to do. Those guys being the defensive ends who are, you know, now being listed more as outside linebackers, uh, Trey Williams, Chris Turner, those those guys. Um, I, I personally... I do not expect the defense to look drastically different. It makes little sense for me to have a top 15 defense, retain the defensive coordinator, and then change the defense. Uh, that That's just never been my expectation. Um, you know, they, they they presented some 3-4 looks last season. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the base was the 4-2-5, and they played a lot out of there. But they did, you know, they, they did have, uh, you know, some of the pass rushers, you know, standing up on the end. They would, they would go with some three kind of defensive tackle looks at times with, Guys like Akeel Byers, um, kind of you know shifting down from tackle to or from end to tackle. I, I think it's going to be look pretty similar in practice. I mean, honestly, like the fact is, every single off season, we there's speculation that the defense is going from a four three to a three four, and it's never really looked any different. So but I don't have any expectation that it will this time. They're they're coming out in like a ten. 01 to shut down Najee Harris on, on uh, Saturday. And, and frankly, I'm not sure it's going to work. I, I just want to add this this comment to the broadcast uh, real quick. My mom and dad are watching. I've not seen your parents comment yet, Mitch. So, oh, yeah. you I know. Mean, I'm honestly, the, well, my mom has torn ligaments in her thumb, so she's got an okay. excuse. And my dad might not be technologically He smart might not understand. Yeah, well, he liked our tweet, but I expect Pat to get a tag. So like, hey, we need more subscribers on the YouTube channel, so we we need to we need to use that uh, that forty family connection to get some of that going. Uh, all right, this uh, I, I I'm adding this because uh, I may or may not have received a text from this commenter before the show. He was trying to decide whether to watch us or whether to rewatch Tyron Matthew mic'd up from Sunday for the 12th time today. So uh, if Mizzou had Patrick Mahomes at QB, how much does Alabama win by? I mean, I don't know. I guess he was only like six and five at Texas Tech. So I guess maybe he couldn't show up and beat Alabama all by himself. But I think probably realistically he could. Like no linemen, no receivers, nothing. Day Patrick Mahomes would have a better chance than but college Patrick Mahomes probably could not. I mean, his, his team. <laughs> college Patrick Mahomes didn't even beat Baylor. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the Missouri defense is better than any defense he had for sure. But uh, I think college version of Patrick Mahomes, yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 it would help. But uh, I'm still probably taking Bama there. Yeah, and and I am just going to roll up some of these comments. Some of them are just just comments. Just want to let everybody know, hey, we know you're watching all that. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly respond to the questions, but but definitely not going to uh, respond to every uh, every comment here. So let's find a uh, question. Here we go, Mitch. I'm going to let you uh, take this one. Potential breakout players for Mizzou while I mess a little bit with the audio because we're getting some reports that I'm loud. First time I've ever been told I'm loud in my life. So, <laughs> All right, let's see potential breakout players. I guess I'll give you one on each side of the ball because why not? Um, it, also, we should preface any talk about this football season by saying that we've we know record little uh, compared to past seasons because we really didn't get to watch any of camp. Uh, I'll start with the the defensive side. The guy I've kind of picked as my 
breakout players, uh, Darius Robinson on a defensive tackle. They've got a lot of bodies down there, um, but you keep kind of hearing his name pop up. He played last season as a true freshman. I think he's going to get some time this year, and I think uh, you know maybe he's a little bit of this year's Kobe Whiteside, where where Whiteside, um, you know, is is more the the known guy, and he gets some double and triple teams, and the guy across from him or next to him gets gets uh, gets to, you know, get some more favorable matchups. I think that could be Darius Robinson um, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean. I guess it's not. I guess it's not fair to pick Kiki Chisholm because I don't know if he's really a breakout player at this point. I mean, he is at this level. Is. What's that? He is at this level. You know, uh, I mean, uh, this is the first okay, time he's so ever I played at this level. Because I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who else to pick. I'm like, hmm, yeah, I don't know. I, I think everyone knows a lot of the other guys. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go with Chisholm. He's a. I mean, he. They just rave about him. His work ethic. He's. He can make contested catches with the, that receiving core lacked last season. Um, and, and I think, I mean, kind of by default, he's going to get targeted a lot because he's one of the most sure things in that receiving core. Yeah, and we're actually uh, we're going to play an interview with Kiki Chisholm from yesterday. We're, we'll do that uh, a few minutes down the road. It's a little early in the show. Mitch and I don't need a break quite yet, but uh, we do have that for you. So you guys are going to get to hear from him. That's one thing we want to do during this show every week is bring you an interview with a player, maybe an assistant coach, uh, things like that. We're going to have some more of those type of things on our uh, on our pregame show on Saturday, and we'll talk to some people that, that cover the opponent, all that. But this show is more Mizzou-specific. We'll bring you player interviews, stuff like that. Once again, we're brought to you by 573Ts in Columbia. Check them out, 573Ts.com. If you are a member of our site, actually, they sponsor a lot of our stories. They offer a 10% discount to Power Mizzou subscribers. That's linked in the story on our site where some of you guys are probably watching this. So uh, check that out. They make some good stuff. They even tell us that there's some power Mizzou gear on the way, courtesy of 573Ts. So hopefully, like, we only have like two or three power Mizzou shirts and they're all the same ones and we managed to somehow wear them on the same days. So hopefully they'll they'll look different so we don't have like a uniform on doing the show. But, uh, all right, this has been discussed probably, but is there a minimum amount of players required before playing a game? Um, Kind of? Like the rules say you have to have this many players, 53 players, seven offensive linemen, four defensive linemen, a quarterback, blah, blah. But then if you want to play with less than that, you're allowed to. So, yeah, you know. I'd say, yeah, that, that can kind of, it can kind of go either way too. So Drinkwood said yesterday. Um, yeah. So, so first of all, the SEC's established minimum six, 53 scholarship players, seven offensive line, four defensive line, one quarterback. Drinkwood said yesterday, um, you know, the, the, the line minimums are there for a reason, there for safety. They would probably observe those. Uh, quarterback, maybe they consider playing, throwing someone in the wildcat or, or something like that. Uh, I would also add that it can go the other way where, A, teams can petition to not play even if they're not quite at one of those. <laughs> Uh, you know numbers, and I would imagine that that request would get granted by the commissioner. I mean, yeah. given the current climate, you can also, insert like, some sarcastic some comments here about Missouri. You know, having seventy players and maybe not wanting to play on Saturday. It's not true. It's a sarcastic comment. Yeah, yeah. And then also, I think I would add that you know, there's a chance that even if you don't quite get down to those thresholds, if a team has like ten new positives show up the day before a game, that game's probably not getting played because they'd be worried about the recency of the breakout. So there, it's not super hard and fast. Um, I think certainly, you know, the thing that, that Missouri would most be on the lookout for is the offensive line minimum. 
Um, you know, they're they're down to eleven available scholarship offensive linemen, assuming no one is in, in quarantine right now. And we know that's a position group that has been hit hard with quarantines. Uh, Drinkos told us that during camp, so it wouldn't take a ton. You know, one I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one household of four linemen living together. Like right. it wouldn't take a ton to uh, to to put them down to the minimum. All right, we're going to roll through some of these uh, kind of quickly here because we do actually have a lot of questions. We got some questions beforehand because, frankly, we had no idea what the audience was going to be like here. We didn't know literally if anybody would watch. I mean, truthfully, we weren't even sure we were actually going to get online. I mean, I have done like 27 tests over the previous six days, but it would not be a surprise if those all worked and this one didn't. So we weren't sure what was going to happen, but we do have quite a few questions. We're going to try to roll through pretty quick. Uh, any reason to bet the over on two and a half wins for Mizzou this season? Sure. Cause they could win three, <laughs> you know, I mean, cause maybe you would win money. Uh, I, I guess 2.5 is fair because they will be favored in two games. I think I would probably set it at 3.5, but, but, 2.5 is fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, if that, if I bet ever, that would probably, I would think that they have a better shot at, at going over than under, but they could also win two games and really not have a bad loss. So, right. And yeah. also they could have massive COVID issues and, and, you know, another one of the times they play a, a winnable game against Mandy in Arkansas, right. they could lose. Or what if they go, you know, two and two, and then the season's over and they, they, they you, you still had the under, uh, why can't walk-ons count toward the player count since we're down scholarships already? I don't really understand why it has to be 53 scholarship players instead of just 53 total players, but I guess the thought is walk-ons aren't as good and maybe more susceptible to injury. I, I don't really have a good answer for that one. I think it's just, I think, you know, it's that not every walk-on is honestly meant to play in a game. You know, so a lot of them are more scout yeah. team bodies. And I think if you made it just 53 total, yeah, I think there'd be concern. I think that's where, you know, you can have coaches say, um, yeah, we still want to play. We have confidence in these walk-ons, but you, you, you know, I think that's where you get to the point where, where you would maybe have concern. I don't know. That's the, or, my best guess. Or, Hey, you could just find guys who were dismissed from the program a year ago and bring them back. And then you've got an extra body like Trey John Jeff code. Uh, I assume yeah. most people watching this heard about that. He's back on the team. Wasn't on the depth chart, but hey, defensive end, they could use him. Cy Martin's out. Jatorian Hansford's out. The guys that are in haven't been super productive the last couple of years, so we'll see what we see out of him. Uh, wide receivers and O-line, somewhat of a question mark. Will freshmen play more? I think freshmen will play more for two reasons. One, it's a new coach, and the new coach always likes his guys. Number two, this year literally doesn't count. Like, all the freshmen are going to be freshmen again next year, which, by the way, is even dumber than it was three weeks ago now that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, everybody's playing, and we're just not counting this year. Well done. Yeah, yeah. It makes little sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree for, with both of the things, you, you know, both of the reasons you listed there. Um, and I think also, you know, both of those <clears throat> position groups, uh, I mean, they're thin enough that I could – definitely see Mizzou needing to use some freshmen. You know, usually you wouldn't say that about the offensive line, but mm -hmm. uh, like I said, they're down to 11 scholarship players. And uh, Drinkwitz already mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, what uh, Dylan Spencer is, is, has been, you know, seeing some time with the first uh, team at, at points during camp. I think both he and Drake Heismeyer are listed on the second team. So one player, you know, in front of them test positive, they're in. Receiver, you almost always see, you know, at least a couple true freshmen get, get, a, get some run. And if they, 
um, show something, then then maybe they keep playing. So yeah, I think I think more more true freshmen will play all over the field, and especially uh, at both of those two positions. Yeah, uh, anybody that has at some point worked for Power Mizzou gets their comment on the show. That's the rule for tonight. Uh, Keegan, uh, Ennis Rakestraw being named a starter, more or less confidence in the secondary than a week ago. I, I think it gives me more confidence that he's good and ready to play. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think they're putting him out there because they signed him or because he had an Alabama offer. I, I think they legitimately believe he's the second-best quarterback on the team, which – I guess if you want to be negative about that, you can say maybe the other guys aren't as good, but I, I tend more to think it's he's probably even better than, than a lot of people thought. Yeah, Ryan Walters actually had a really good quote about that today. He said, you know, if a true freshman finds himself on top of the depth chart in week one, you know he really won the job. Like, mm-hmm. it, you're not giving the tie to the true freshman over the senior. Yeah. You know, he, he was head and shoulders better than Adam Sparks during camp. And, uh, I mean, I, I was prepared to enter this season thinking, you know, cornerback is, is definitely taking a step backwards, losing to Marcus Acey and Christian Holmes. And they may still get exposed against Alabama because Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith are very, very good. But, I mean, Ryan Walters has said from the get-go, he said he loves this cornerback group. So we'll see. I'll take him at his word. He knows more than I do. <laughs> I, hopefully for everyone involved, that is, uh, that's the case. Uh, all right, what's the prospect of having a two-quarterback system or a wildcat approach? I, I mean, Drinkwood says they have wildcat in for every game, but I, I think both quarterbacks will play, and I think both quarterbacks will play on Saturday. You know, I, yeah, I mean, that's... I, I agree. That's. Um, I think Sean Robinson probably plays first, but yeah. yeah, I think both quarterbacks play. I think maybe you see you know a snap or two or a wildcat short yardage something like that, um, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a regularly used thing unless everyone gets hurt. Yeah. All right. Next question is about grad transfers. Will they get a year of eligibility? My understanding is they will. Um, I mean, it's everybody. If you're in college this everyone. year, you get yep. another. Everyone year. who's on the team this year could come back next year. Yeah, and if so, does that? help Mizzou more than other schools since there's likely to be fewer players going pro. I mean, only if the guys are good, right? Like I don't, I'm not trying to be funny, but a lot of times you hear about, Hey, this team brings back so much experience and you look and they were three and nine last year. Well, I don't want to bring back experience off that team. I want to bring back experience off the team that was nine and three last year. So I, I don't know if it helps or hurts Mizzou anymore. I mean, it would help if Nick Bolton would stay for five years, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, there's a couple guys who you could think of who are like entering their last year who it's like maybe, you know, they're not an NFL caliber player and they would think about coming back. Larry Roundtree, Josh Bledsoe, maybe. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think for the most part, if you're if you're good enough to contribute, you know, if you're a leader at this point as a senior, you want to get onto the NFL. And if you're not, then you're not going to be good enough to contribute in your fifth year or sixth year or whatever it would be. Yeah. Uh, so this is a good time. Question was about grad transfers. We talked a little bit about Kiki Chisholm. Uh, he's a guy came from Angelo state. Don't worry. We had never heard of it either. When he transferred here, it's a division two school, Texas. Is that right? It is. Yes. Okay. In Texas. Uh, so transferred here and by all indications, he's going to be Missouri's number one receiver this year. So, uh, going to take a, a quick minute for, uh, Mitch and I to catch our breath, let you guys hear from Kiki Chisholm for the next few minutes. Hi Kiki. Um, I guess what's the biggest difference from this offense than previous offenses you've been in either at Angelo state or before? Um, I think the biggest the biggest difference is just uh, like the different personnel groupings. Um, just having 
a lot of different weapons, um, a lot of multiple weapons, um, being able to get into some different looks and utilize um, a lot of guys' talents and, and uh, their unique abilities. So, I mean, we got a lot of playmakers, so just being able to spread the ball around and uh, make plays. And what, I guess, stands out about it schematically? Um, I mean, it's kind of overall the, the, the scheme is kind of a little bit um, a little bit of the same, but like I said, just the, the different personnel groupings is the biggest change for me um, coming here. Gotcha. Thanks. Dave Matter, you're up next. Kiki, what, what is the transition like from preparing for, for teams at the Division two level for your college career to, to getting ready for Alabama on your first test at, at this stage? I mean, overall, I mean, the preparation is still the same. I mean, we're going, we're going in to play a football game. So, I mean, for me, um, just doing the things that I normally do, getting, getting myself right as far as taking care of my body and making sure my, my mind is clear. And, and uh, from that aspect, everything is still the same. I mean, it's a great challenge um, that we're going to have, and we look forward to the opportunity. So, I mean, that's where everybody's focused at right now. Jack? Kiki, you're going straight from D2 to – the SEC and you're getting thrown into the fire a bit with Alabama. Uh, how confident are you that you can handle what's going to be a really good secondary this week? I mean, I feel like that I'm pretty confident. Um, I know that I prepare myself for this moment. I mean, it's one of the things that I hang my hat on is uh, wanting to go up against the best. And I mean, it's no secret that these guys are, they're, they're one of the best. So it's a great opportunity for, for me and my team to, to go out and showcase what, what uh, all our hard work and preparation um, that has led up to this point um, to get us to go out and uh, face a great team. So we need to go ahead. Hey, Kiki. Um, I was wondering, did you ever expect to get to the point where you're, you're prepping for Alabama? I mean, when you look back all those years ago when you were playing at, playing at D2 and then, you know, next thing you know, you're going up against number two in the country. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm probably three years ago, probably not. But, I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's the beauty of life, man. I mean, everything happens for a reason. I know that, I, that I'm here for a reason. And so I'm just uh, trying to stay focused on the task at hand and uh, just going about it. I mean, it's another, it's another game. I mean, this is a football game. It's going to be our 11 versus their 11. I mean, it's a great test, and, and we're looking forward to it. Mitch Porter, go ahead. Kiki, Coach Drink has said that, you know, you all were able to get the offense installed. The, the thing that, that suffered this offseason with it being so weird is just not getting a ton of reps and, and building chemistry and stuff like that. I guess despite that, how confident are you in the team's ability to, to execute crisply and, and do all the little things that you have to do to hang with a team like Alabama? I mean, I'm very confident. I mean, we're blessed, we're blessed to have, have a great defense that we go up against each and every day. Um, that that test that test us, and so each and every day we go out and get better, and every day we we stack good practices and, and build chemistry and unity, and I feel like that going up against those guys every day has has prepared us to what what we're gonna face on Saturday. Yeah, you're up next. Yeah, Kiki, you mentioned it a little bit, um, and I know every team in the SEC is obviously a good team, but is this the type of game you envisioned playing in when you put your name back in the transfer portal uh, a few months back? I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's no secret to get to the next level. I mean, you, you have to face the top level of competition. So, I mean, I look at it as, as a great opportunity, um, getting, getting to play a great Alabama team to, to showcase um, our, skill, our skill level. So, I mean, we, we look forward to this. I mean, we're not – 
we're not going to be scared of, of, of the Alabama on, on their chest or, or the big A on their helmet. I mean, we're just going to go out and prepare and, and go out and uh, execute at a high level and let the chips fall where they may. Not because of the opponent, but because it's your first game in a new place. Do you anticipate you'll have any nerves on Saturday? I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be nerves. I mean, but I mean, like I said, I've been I've been playing this game for a long time. And and one thing about me is like I'm I'm not going like I'm not going to over, over, over make the moment too big. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's football. I mean, it's 11 on 11. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's an adjustment from coming from D two to the SEC, but I mean, it's gonna be an adjustment going from the SEC to the NFL. So I mean, I don't, I try not to look at it, uh, look that deep into it. I mean, like I said, I just clear my mind and just and just go out and play football and have fun. All right, that's Kiki Chisholm, uh, grad transfer wide receiver from Angelo State, guy who I think it's probably fair to say we've heard his name more than more than any other in fall camp uh, so far. Uh, it's kind of weird to call it fall camp. I mean, it's been going on for like six weeks now. But uh, in whatever this has been, the lead-up to the season, uh, Gabe DeArmond, Mitch Forty here. You're watching the 573 Report. We'll do this every every Wednesday night, 573tees.com. Check them out. Give them some business uh, if you're one of the – 12,000 ish going to the game this weekend. Buy yourself a new shirt. They've got some, some Eli Drinkwitz stuff, some, uh, a lot of Mizzou stuff. They've got Chiefs stuff, Royals, whatever you want. Uh, you can find it. So, uh, make sure to check them out on the internet. And I mean, you know how to use the internet if you're watching this. So, like, first step is, uh, first steps out of the way. So, all right. Now, this is the type of question that really I started this wanting to get to. I mean, th this is the hard hitting type of stuff that we want. Uh, Mitchell, is it harder for you to catch a pass over the middle in the SEC or for a football player to finish a hundred meter butterfly? Wow. That is a great question. <laughs> Fantastic question. I mean, got a, so, so, First of all, I should point out, like, not every football player is created equal, right? Like, I mean, you know, the guy who swum, who's swum before, or it might be better than, like, a, an offensive line, you know, 320-pound guy. Maybe he's not a good swimmer. There's a lot of variables there. Um, and, and also, 100-meter, we're talking long course. So that is tough. Um, I think I'm going to go inside me catching a pass over the middle. I, I might die. But I think I'm, you know, I'm sturdy enough. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm over 200 pounds. I could absorb it. I could get down right away. You know, I'm not worried about yards after the catch. I mean, there's always um, a chance the guy covering you would fall down or something. Yeah, exactly. I think like they, there's, you know, you see, you see, you see guys smaller than me catching passes over the middle all the time. Um, and and I think even <laughs> those, for, those guys also like, tend to be faster than you. But uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's. But I'm, again, I'm not worried about yards after the catch. I'm catching it. I'm going straight down. Um, the 100 fly, 100 long course fly, 100 meter fly, that's hard even. Like, I swam a lot, and I, I hated that. So yeah. I can imagine, you know, even if you swam growing up, trying to dive in and do a long course 100 fly, that's brutal. I say, I say give me the ball over the middle. All right, we'll, we'll test that out at some point. We, we got a video feature coming <laughs> with uh, – it. we'll even let you pick the swimmer. So it's going to be you at, – catching a football and like a 340 pound lineman trying to do a hundred fly probably. <laughs> um, all right. Jay Macklin, not on the depth chart. Have you heard about his camp? I mean, honestly, we haven't heard much because we get drink wits for 10, 15 minutes, a couple times a week. And, and it's impossible to ask about every player, but you know, true freshman, uh, I, I don't think it 
says anything that he's not on the depth chart. Just maybe he's just a, a half step behind a couple of the other uh, guys in their first year, but I, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. Yeah, for sure not. I agree. Plus, they actually they have quite a few guys slot type receivers, you know, on the on the roster right now. Jalen Knox playing there, Bannister, Jacinto. So, um, plenty of plenty of more established guys there. I wouldn't be concerned. Yeah, uh, winning the QB battle. We talked about this a little bit earlier. I think we're both in agreement, Mitch. Sean Robinson, we think is going to start, but Connor Bazelak, we expect to to get a shot. If not Saturday, certainly at some point this season. I we're going to see both guys. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, first of all, there's a good chance, even if, you know, Sean Robinson is, is can, you know, kind of the guy for Saturday, there's a good chance that game gets out of hand and they give Basilek some, some reps that way. Yeah. Um, but also, I actually think it's more likely that Basilek plays a few meaningful series, comes in and, and you know, does the old uh, the, the Gary Pinkle move where he gives him a series or two in the second quarter, something like that. I assume, obviously, you mean Robinson threw like five first-half touchdowns, Missouri's up 35-7 at halftime, and they say, ah, Connor, go in and, and clean it up. That seems likely. Seems likely, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we are certainly encouraging you to uh, take our betting recommendations this year. If ever there's a year where you want to gamble on college football, this is obviously it. Um, let's see. Um, more aggressive play style being called more fourth downs and trick plays. You, I, Drinkwitz does have kind of a reputation of liking to use some gadgets and stuff, but I want to see this offense before we make too many judgments. I mean, I know he's an offensive coach and all that, but let's remember, like, Josh Heupel did a lot of really good things here. Even Derek Dooley for, you know, for a while had had a pretty good offense uh, for a year and five games or so. Um, yeah. So let's see this in action. Uh, you know, he calls it pro tempo. I think he told us back when he was hired, it's kind of a combo of what, what did he say, Gus Malzahn and Brian Harson. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, I yeah, yeah, I think, well, also, I would add that I think part of that reputation you're talking about of him being like a little more tricky, I I, do, I can't think that might have been imagined a little bit by fans. It's just like, oh, he's an offensive mind. He must do things no one else has thought of, which maybe, maybe he has, you know, a couple, uh, couple trick plays up his sleeve i don't know i didn't go back and watch all of appalachian state games i know he i do remember <laughs> well he didn't even go back and watch all the missouri games so you're even there according to what he yeah. said um i do remember when i went back when i wrote that story about him back in the spring the guy who coached seventh grade football with him said he'd like to do trick plays then so maybe that's where that <laughs> that reputation is coming <laughs> from i think part of it though is whenever you get someone who's a new offensive mind you know, fans get carried away with like, oh, he's going to use Michael Wilson in the Wildcat. I just know it. So, yeah. And watch. Now he'll do that four times on Saturday. You know. He might just despite me. <laughs> All right. Does drink get chippy with you on poor questions? Is that a sign you have a good or a bad report? Uh, I don't know if this is specifically directed to me because I don't think he gets any chippier with me than he does with anybody else. But look, what? What we are seeing is, I've covered Missouri for 17 years. What we're seeing is a coach that has a personality and doesn't seem to mind the interaction with the media. Um, I, Gary Pinkle was a great football coach. He was not the most dynamic interview ever. Uh, you know, I, I had a good relationship with Barry Odom. He was not the most dynamic interview ever. Uh, Drinkwood's press conferences are entertaining because, honestly, you, you kind of don't know what he's going to say. I, I think his... I think his default mode is smart ass. I mean that like that's fair to say, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. And uh yeah, I think I yeah, I don't think it necessarily says anything one way or the other about 
rapport because I, I really don't know that anyone can <laughs> he, have a good rapport with him yet. We haven't really met. We've hardly met him. I, I think we've um, seen him I in person has, twice. Yeah, right. It just has and, more to do with just his personality, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that's kind of fun. And he is an equal opportunity, like snark you know it 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 can go to anybody i think we've all gotten it we all will get it and like look i'm all for that because like there's a lot of bad questions and i think one time i even asked one of them maybe so you know hey if we ask stupid questions feel free to tell us they were stupid questions because honestly a lot of times especially in a town where so many of the journalists are students trying to learn and like look we both were too this is not insulting them but I, there were a lot of times in the Barry Odom, Kim Anderson era, wherever you were never going to get snapped at. You were never going to get made to feel bad. And people would ask anything, man. And some of them were bad. Like when I was in school, dude, I covered Norm Stewart and I didn't ask anything for six weeks because I was so scared he was going to make an example out of me. So, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world to uh, to have a little, uh, little healthy fear of looking like an idiot. Um, I mean... We're here hosting an internet show, not knowing what the hell we're doing. So we obviously don't mind looking like idiots. Uh, is Jelani Williams favorably seen by the staff, or has he been passed up? I mean, he was he second string at one of the safety spots. Yeah, Mitch? I, he was, and behind okay. Tyree Gillespie. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly have no idea how he's viewed by the staff, but it's certainly too early to, to you know press any alarm bells about him being passed up. He's playing behind you know a likely all sec you know second or third team all sec player and tyree gillespie you know gillespie and josh bledsoe were going to start at those two safety spots no matter as long as they're healthy this season so uh yeah i wouldn't worry about it too much yet yeah um i really just wanted to put this question up because this guy's name is sir muffle buns (laughs) (laughs) so there's that i don't i don't know exactly what that means but do you think it's going to be a problem on the d line next year because of all the 2021 kids coming in well, the reason all those kids are coming in is because they lose eight defensive linemen. This, well, theoretically, they lose eight defensive linemen this year. Now, if this year doesn't count, if all eight of those guys want to come back, suddenly Missouri is going to – they really are going to play an 11-0-0 front because they're going to have like 27 defensive linemen on the on the roster. But I, no, I mean – we've known for a couple years that this class had to go heavy on the defensive line. And the truth is – in the SEC, you're not recruiting linemen to play next year. If you're recruiting linemen right. to play next year, you're not very good. And, you know, maybe that's the situation. But this class is – this is all about setting Drinkwitz's program up for two and three years down the road, not what they can do next year. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that is one spot where yeah, Mizzou would definitely welcome back some of the seniors who, uh, you know, maybe aren't like stars yet, but if, you know, Mark Halatzi wanted to come back and play another year, given that how, how many other players they are potentially losing there, uh, you, you maybe see one come back. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, you're for the most part, you don't want to be recruiting for the immediate help at the defensive line. Yeah. Uh, surprise Barrett Bannister wasn't with the ones. He was the one guy who was able to get open and catch the pass. I mean, First of all, they brought in two grad transfers, obviously. So those guys were brought in to start. I mean, that's why you bring a grad transfer in. But Barrett's going to play a lot, you know. Um, I, I mean, like you said, he was the only guy that when you threw him the football, you were relatively certain it was going to be caught. And that's that's a good yeah, thing for wide receivers. Yeah. 
he's going to play. Jalen Knox listed in the slot. I'm, you know, he'll line up there, but he'll move around, and they'll they'll find you know they'll find ways for wide receiver sets, five wide receiver sets to use Barrett Bannister. I, mm-hmm. I I'm definitely not worried about his usage. Uh, favorite SEC town and least favorite um, Mitchell. I'm sure your favorite is Lexington, right? Big fan. <laughs> Lexington's not bad. I haven't been to all of them, which is... Yeah, I haven't been to all of them either. Athens and Knoxville are both... I mean, Nashville's the best, but it's like a different Mm -hmm. category. Right. Uh, Athens and Knoxville are great. Gainesville, not great. Fair to say. Gainesville's the worst, mainly because it's so hard to get to. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've heard... If you make the trip, I've heard good things about the Chinese food in Ocala. Um, so you might want to check that out, but um, what we're talking about. it doesn't matter. It, two people on this understand why that's funny, and uh, and and that's one more than usually understand why what I say is funny. So not bad. Uh, is there any way Drink has better recruiting classes than Pinkle? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, Gary's top two classes were twenty first and twenty fifth. Missouri's right around that range right now. I don't know exactly what they are, um, but yeah, I think it's possible. Now here's the difference that class in the Big 12 ranked third or fourth. That class in the SEC is still going to rank eighth or ninth. And so you still, when Pinkle retired, I thought there were different ways to do it at Missouri, right? You didn't have to do it exactly the way he did it. I now think you actually have to do it exactly the way he did it. You're going to line up in eight games a year, seven games a year, and the other team is going to have more talent than you. You have got to find ways to coach guys up and basically to beat teams with guys they didn't want. That's the way you have to do it here, and it's it's what Pinkle was really good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, yeah, I I just you know I think I'm a big believer when it comes to recruiting. You know, your ceiling and floor determined a lot more by the the product by the school you're selling versus the guy selling it. You know, the salesman, the coach in this case. Um, and I I just I don't see Missouri you know ever recruiting. You know, like you said, he might recruit right around where where Gary Pinkle did, but you're still you're still going to have to find the right three stars. You know, develop kids um, and 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 get an edge that way because you know, like you know, you're just never going to be on the same plane as about half the teams in the SEC. All right, uh, Taylor Powell decided to transfer late. Is there a reason he didn't stay on the team this year because it doesn't count, and then transfer next year rather than have to sit out all year this year? Your thoughts? I don't know without talking to him. Um, I assume maybe oh, maybe he was upset he didn't get the starting job. Maybe he wanted to try to play right away this year in one of the leagues that, that's going to start late. But, uh, the, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe because he wasn't, uh, you know, going to play here, he felt like he wasn't going to get any reps in practice either. I really don't know. Um, but, obviously, he wasn't going to play. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just uh I'm messing around with colors and stuff. This is kind of fun. I like that. We got some black and gold in our comments now, so we're we're going to stick with that for a little while. Um also, I think Taylor Powell like if you're going to transfer, get there. Learn an offense, get to know your teammates, get to know the coaches, you know, get a little bit of a head start. Um all right, we're we're actually caught up here. This is our last question here. We've still got a, a handful that that we're going to answer from uh from before the show, but do we know who was out with COVID? We don't. Um, whether technically they're not allowed to tell us or not, it, nobody is going to tell before the games. I mean, we've got some coaches who won't even say if anybody's at, you know, I've said all week, 
Just because Nick Saban says he doesn't know of anybody that's out for Saturday doesn't necessarily mean nobody's out for Saturday. Um, all coaches are going to deal with, with this differently. But as far as specific individuals, we don't. I mean, I, I think we kind of think if the guy if guys were on the depth chart, they're probably healthy, but we don't know that for sure. And also, there's two more tests. Right, exactly. Yeah, first of all, there's two more tests. Secondly, um, yeah, uh, we think from our math there's only like three scholarship players among the seven that are out, but that could be wrong. Um, but yeah, like back to your point again, Saban, you know, it's really easy for a coach to be like, you know, to the best of my knowledge, no one's out. But when knowing people are out and then they come out and they say, yeah, they got they got caught in that test. That Nobody day. told me. And that could very well be the same thing, you know, with, with Missouri. They, they're getting, they got, I think they got tested today. They would still get the results tomorrow and then they'll get tested again Friday. So yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, let's see. What would you like to see against Alabama to give you hope for this team going forward the rest of the season? Um, first of all, you don't want to overreact to one, one game either way, right? I mean, it, it's possible they could come out and, and play Alabama tough, lose by a couple touchdowns, and then still go get their heads beat in at Tennessee. I mean, it's college football. It changes week to week. But I think, like, if this team's reasonably close in the second half, like, if you're looking at it and going, hey, with a break, they could win this game in the second half, you'd have to be thrilled with that. Oh, yeah. I think even more scenarios than that, you can still feel okay coming out. I mean, you know, Alabama's... They've beat their lad. They've they've played power five teams to open eight straight season. They've won by an average of I think like twenty seven and a half points per game. They they beat everyone pat to start the season. Um, I think you know you'd like to see some hope from the quarterback play. I think right. you know that, that that's obviously the most important you'd, position in football. You'd like to see some some something out of there to give you some hope going forward. You'd like to see the offensive line create some room and some protection because that's a that is an issue and and you'd like to see maybe you know the defense i mean they're going to give up points against alabama but if they can you know if they can get a turnover or two if they can hold hang tough for a half um i think that would be cause for optimism because this is a team that's going to need to win with its defense most of the time well what i was going to say is you'd like to see the quarterbacks upright at the end of the day Uh, i mean truthfully with all the problems on the offensive line like i i don't think he'll do this but I really wouldn't have a problem if Drinkwitz handed the ball off 55 times on Saturday. You know, just yeah. just I keep mean, those guys upright. So the running backs are—I uh, mean, they're they're the best play, two players on the offense, probably. So true. Yeah. yeah. Um, Surprised that Jack Buford op- opted out. I, I think we've got to be real careful not to judge anybody's decision uh, on this because none of us know what's going on, right? I mean, there was a. There's a kid I saw a story. He had four family members die from this. So none of us really know what's going on with the, with these kids. And I think way too often we just look and say, man, I'd love to have been a college football player. There's no way I'd just walk away from that because this, this virus isn't going to kill me. But we don't know, man. And, and I'm not trying to judge the question. I don't think it was a mean-spirited question. But I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying not, I'm not yeah, surprised by what anybody decides. Yeah. And especially you talk about, you know, looking normally thinking like, oh, it must be great to be a college football player. Like, I mean, you know, it, not it's right now. not as fun this year. Yeah. You, don't, you, you, you don't get to play in front of big crowds and you'd have to like, you know, never have fun because you might get COVID and then yeah. be, you know, be uh, in trouble for that. You, you have week, to live so. like a monk while the regular college students are out exactly. living 
like regular college students. Being a regular college student is every bit as fun as it's always been, which is why the rest of us are <laughs> sitting at home in Columbia doing internet shows on Wednesday nights. So, uh, all right. So John wanted to know what we are doing on game day. So, uh, um, I mean, Mitch, you're you're going to the home games and still going to kind of cover those the way we always have from the stadium and, and try to give people a view that this year, even fewer of them are going to get. I am going to be right here in front of this screen for about eight hours every Saturday. So about 90, 90 minutes to two hours before kickoff, we're going to do a pregame show. We're going to have uh, interviews with players, assistants, uh, somebody that covers the other team. I'm going to take questions, comments, just like we're doing here right now. During the game, we're going to do kind of a, a live watch along. And and on road games, Mitch is is going to Skype in and, and we're going to have the game on a separate screen. We're going to be here talking about the game, giving our thoughts. You guys are going to comment. It's going to be basically kind of a virtual sports bar um, where we can all just kind of hang out and talk about the game. It, almost like a video message board. And then after the game, uh, while Mitch does some stuff with uh, with the interviews, I, I'll listen to Coach Drinkwitz's press conference. I'm going to upload that, start the post-game show. As soon as that's over, play that for you guys. And then we are going to, uh, you know, by the grace of God, take phone calls every Saturday after games. Uh, this Saturday, that will probably start about 9.30, 10 o'clock after a full day of drinking and watching whatever Alabama does to Missouri. We have no dump button. We we have no call screening process. We are going to trust you guys, hopefully, to not like call up and insult us and swear and get us. Can you do anything to get kicked off YouTube? Is that is that like a possibility? You're the YouTube expert here. I have no, no. idea. I think I think it's I think <laughs> I think it's a safe bet that there could be some there could be some swearing. Um, hopefully, just May- nothing too out of line. I mean, maybe by us. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. The the post game show is sponsored by Boulevard. Um, we are <laughs> drinking Boulevard on the post game show. I mean that that is a. Honestly, the more I think about this, I'm never covering another game in person. This is it. I'm going to host internet shows and I'm going to drink beer every week. Uh, the pregame show is sponsored by Burger Smokehouse. Like, I got a whole bunch of meat down in my deep freeze. This uh, quarantine can go on forever, man. I'm never leaving the house. We're good. <laughs> All right. What would you consider the ultimate game goals for Mizzou? Uh, like, just compete, right? Um, I. They're probably going to lose, but you don't want you don't want like touchdown turnover touchdown in the first four minutes. Um, you know, I think so many times I was I go back to the Kim Anderson era. Like you didn't think they were going to win, but the second TV timeout it was twenty one to six, and you're like, well, this couldn't even be fun for twelve minutes. You know, make make it fun for twelve minutes. I mean, it, obviously the goal is to win, but realistically just just compete look like you belong on the field with them yeah yeah i agree so uh all right i i don't think there's i, I mean I, I figure by this point most people watching this probably know like the newsy stuff that has happened trajan jeff coat all the opt-outs the injuries uh that type of stuff so what's that depth chart stuff yeah yeah, yeah depth chart um I, you know i mean 
if the depth chart's accurate, Missouri is going to play 807 players on offense, uh, six quarterbacks, you know, 14 running backs and all that. But uh, so that's why we kind of want to make this more interactive, taking comments and stuff from you. And and so we, we seem to be all caught up as far as the, the people watching, but want to go in and uh, and grab some of these questions that we got you know, earlier, and these are going to be a little bit big, so I'm not going to keep them on the screen for very long because, like, here, see, we could just cover me up with it, which, uh, okay, prediction questions. We're just going to run through these real fast. Which quarterback starts the most games this season? Uh, Sean Robinson's the safe bet. Yeah, I think it's Robinson. Uh, over under two and a half starts for the other quarterback. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's a good question. I'll say probably under. I don't know though. I mean, okay. I, I think I think he's going to get shots, but it would have to be. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if Robinson loses the starting job that quickly. Only a ten game season, I'll go under. I say it's over because of health. Um, okay. Who leads the team in receptions and receiving touchdowns? I I think it's Kiki Chisholm. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Although it is good news finding out that apparently Damon Hazelton is healthy. Yes, so. they hadn't practiced much, but if there's a guy that shouldn't need a lot of practice, I mean, he's played big-time college football. Uh, who leads the team in sacks and who leads in interceptions? Somebody asked me about sacks, and I, I think it was you actually in a story. I said Nick Bolton, yeah, well, which doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence probably. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll stick with Kobe Whiteside just because why not? You know, you got your leading sack man back. I know, mm-hmm. you know, he benefited a lot from having Jordan Elliott in there. But frankly, I don't see a lot of other, you know, contenders. The, the defensive end position still kind of an unknown. Uh, what was the other one? Interceptions? Interceptions. Uh, well, last year they got like all of their interceptions from the linebacker position. So I'll say Nick Bolton. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Josh Bledsoe. Uh Safeties, right. safeties tend to get a lot of picks. Okay, here's here's a good one. I like this. What aspect of Mizzou game day are you looking forward to not experiencing this season? Um, I've got two. First is the food. Like, you guys think we sit up there and just watch games and gorge ourselves on free press box food. Like, I will give you my free press box food if you want it because uh, <laughs> I don't usually eat it. It's uh, it's not my favorite part of the day. And the second is I'm not going to miss having to walk against the crowd to get to interviews. Like everybody is leaving and you're walking the opposite way to get to the post-game press conference. So uh, I'm also not going to miss leaving the stadium at 2 a.m. after a night game. Yeah, you took the, the one that immediately left to my mind was the, the walk from the press box to the South End Zone facility against the crowd and trying to get there before, you know, an angry coach just starts early because he doesn't want to face questions. Like, right. Yeah. That, that was, that, that, uh, that is probably the only plus from, from going all zoom after the game. The food is a good point as well. I'll still be there at the home <laughs> games though. So I, I will not miss the food, but I will miss trying to figure out at what point either before the game or in the first quarter, you spill some of that food on yourself. So, uh, yeah, it's a curse. I'm a sloppy eater. If you can just like Skype me in from the press box when your hot dog falls on your lap or something, that'd be great. (laughs) That'll that'll give me great enjoyment. Um, Okay, let's uh, let's hit back here. Oh, this is this is the one I think we did when we were doing a test show yesterday. Basically, wanting to know why Ed Orgeron in Oklahoma seemed to have 
had all their players get COVID and Missouri is following the rules by not having their players get COVID sooner. Um, like, look, I think it's a real question that I, I think he's asking it as a real question. I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't like college football coaches do some crazy stuff, but I just have a hard time believing that they're telling the players in June, like, go get this so that you're available for when we play Texas Tech in October. Yeah, especially, I mean, Lincoln Riley was one of the more cooler voices in, in you know, this whole restart. Right. Also, we should point out that the source for that rumor about Oklahoma was our message board. And Which is... It could be true. I, I don't remember the specific poster who posted it or anything like that, but just general rule, like random rumors you hear posted by not us on the message board, don't I, put like too much stock in I it. mean, I, I do like in one post, though, referencing both 60 Minutes and the Power of Mizzou message board. Very similar Very journalistic nice. endeavors there, um, so that is uh, that is always something to remember. Okay, these these questions are really long. Um, I'm trying to figure out what this says. Okay, basically, App State's offense this year is less aggressive than Drinkwitz's was last year. Do we expect to see the offense he installed at App State this year? I I got to be honest, I don't know how much of his offense was installed at App State because he was there for one year and he took over a roster and a team that was already really good. I'm, I don't, and again, I didn't watch App State much, but I don't know how much he changed and, you know, if he even got his full system in. Yeah, I would agree. I, yeah, I watched, I didn't watch much App State last year. You know, I've got, gone back and watched little bits and pieces since Drinkwood's got the job, but I certainly have no way to compare it to the year before at App State. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, a, a good offensive coach tailors his scheme to his personnel. So I think, you know, maybe he brings some things from App State, but it's more likely he finds ways to, to you know, adjust to Missouri's strengths and weaknesses. I couldn't tell you how those exactly compared to App State's last year, but I think run game will be featured. I think the quarterback will probably be involved in that run game. Um, and, yeah, there will probably be, you know, some uh, – he's going to use tempo. Yeah, we know I, that. So Right. I can it. tell you App State had an NFL running back last year. Um, and they I, did. They, Missouri may have an NFL running back this year too. I think Larry Roundtree gets a shot. Uh, Alabama's a 27.5-point favorite. The over-under is at 56, last I checked. If forced to gamble your next paycheck on this game, what's your bet? Now, we have already established – we encourage you to take our gambling advice and bet next month's mortgage payment on it. Obviously, um, uh, look, That's I've already why we said the blow and smoke piece every week. Yeah, I've I've already said if you are betting on college football this year, like you need to get in a twelve step program because it's crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a lot of points in week one, but like I think Alabama can cover that by scoring, you know, thirty eight. Like, I could see 38-10 pretty easily. What was the over-under? The over-under is 56. Uh, the, Bama's a 27.5-point favorite. Yeah. I mean, if I got to pick one off each line, I'm taking Bama to cover and probably the under. Although yeah. that worries me. I mean, I could see Bama scoring 50 on their own. So Yeah, I mean, it's that's basically calling for a 42-14 Alabama win. Which yeah yeah I I'd go under thinking this could be something like thirty eight ten yeah yeah I'd I'd probably go under um all right I think we've got another question or two here 
Yeah, we do. Okay, the consensus among most sane people is that Mizzou is going to have a rough season. Most are on the program predicting three or four wins. If this season is a mulligan, when does the clock start for Drinkwitz? Uh, not yet. I mean, like, he's going to be here for four years. Absolute minimum, he's going to be here for four years. Unless he is so good that he leaves on his own accord. So... I, it, like it's it's way too soon to even start talking about when the clock starts, much less actually starting any clock. Dude hadn't coached a game. Yeah, hasn't coached a game. Had a ridiculously crazy off season. Um, this this season, you know, yeah, like we said, zero and like and like Jim Sturk said, zero expectations. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of just reset like next year, like it's year one. And would you ever go into year one, you know, starting a clock on someone? I don't think so. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're just a long way from that. <laughs> the The message board answer to that question is about six twenty seven on Saturday night, but the real answer is like 2025. Um, okay. What position group predicted to be underwhelming has the best chance to hold their own Saturday? I mean, I I guess it depends on what you think is going to be underwhelming. I think the problem spots here are quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, right? Yeah, maybe defensive end. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's kind of hard for the receivers to be good if the quarterback's not good. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. for the quarterback to be good if the offensive line's not good. Yeah. I, I, I can't really I, – I don't know. I, I guess – do I think Missouri's offense has a chance to outperform expectations? It, it, I'll just quote Drinkwitz. He said the other day, like, I can't manage your expectations. I don't know what your <laughs> expectations are. Um, if they score 14 points, that probably exceeds my expectations. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like, yeah, it depends who's predicting the underwhelming. Like, if it's something if, – if it's – you know, if we're the ones predicting it to be underwhelming, obviously we don't think it's going to be good. So I don't <laughs> right. know. I, I think I think you know, yeah, maybe there's a chance that Alabama has some first week coverage breakdown or something, and Missouri scores, you know, twenty points. I don't know, but I think, yeah, if I had to pick a group that people are concerned about that maybe isn't the biggest issue on Saturday, it's the defensive ends by default because they weren't good last year and the defense was still good. So that's yeah, my answer. That's true. All right, so uh, I think we've we've gotten to pretty much everybody's questions, and that's mostly what we wanted to do tonight. Hopefully, you know, every week we'll have people come in here and interact, questions, comments, whatever. To come on here next week if Missouri keeps it close and tell us we're idiots. I I don't care. Call into the post game show and do that. Like I'm gonna be drinking, so it doesn't really matter. It's cool. Um, but uh, what else? Just kind of. We'll wrap up because we'll have you on from the stadium on uh, on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit, just previewing, obviously, what game day's like there and everything. But what else in the SEC kind of catches your eye this weekend? Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, South Carolina is not like the greatest game ever, but it's probably the most competitive one of the slate. And it's one of those where it's like, all right, Tennessee, if you're for real, if we can, if we're finally supposed to buy into the hype, you better take care of business here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mississippi State LSU is going to be a shootout. Um, you know, I think if there's one thing Mike Leach can do, it's score points, and LSU just lost a ton. Um, so I, I could see that being closer than it's supposed to be. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, Florida Ole Miss, maybe. Um, I, I just, I, I think, I don't think Ole Miss, you know, I'm sure they're going to have some 
first week issues that John Rice Plumley's a good player, but uh, I don't know. I, he's I not going to. I don't think he's going to start a quarterback. I think What's Matt that? Corral's starting a quarterback. Oh well, but shows you how much I know. I mean, he's still a good but player. I haven't followed, that but uh, mess, so. No, it's yeah, interesting, though, because you, you mentioned it. three games. To me, you didn't mention the best game. I think Auburn-Kentucky is the best game in the league. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot that one existed, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm interested to see LSU. I think they're – I we'll finish with, with with this. LSU's my overrated team in the SEC. Like, yeah. they lost more than anybody in the history of – of college football has ever lost. Now, Texas A&M is my overrated team because Texas A&M is my overrated team every single year. Like, always they're overrated. Right. But this year, I think LSU's the overrated team. So who's your overrated team? Who's your underrated team? Well, LSU is definitely the uh, the easy pick there. Um, I mean, I'm not totally sold on Tennessee, although I do think they, they're probably the third best team in the East. But, you know, if they're a top 15, top 20 team in the country, we'll see. Uh, it's just especially just given the schedule they have to play. Um, so I guess you can throw them in discussion. Um, underrated, man, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I mean, I like Kentucky. I think, yeah. you know, I, their, their offensive line should be really good. Um, you know, their offensive coordinator, Eddie Grant, he's shown that he can he can come up with something that works. Um, and their defense should be solid. So I think they could uh, just, again, though, like, you know, I'm saying underrated, but their schedule's tough. I right. Mean, and they're ranked like 23rd this year. It's like they might go five and five and be better than they were last season. Yeah. So, okay. One last comment or question came in. So we'll hit this up. Any word on special teams performers? We're actually going to do this because we actually did talk to Eric Link, the special teams coordinator, uh, I don't know, just about three hours ago, I guess. Uh, Harrison Mevis is going to, kick uh grant mckinnis is gonna punt tyler Beatty's returning kickoffs chris abrams drain is returning punts and mitchell 40 might be long snapping <laughs> we have issues at long snapper it's very exciting availability issues yes availability issues that's right yeah so I but, actually but like I, look I, that i would never kick like i would never i wouldn't punt I wouldn't try field goals. I, I just if I didn't have a snapper, I would just go for it all the time. Because like you're not beating I mean, Alabama with field goals. If you yeah, punt, I think like, you have to try to punt sometimes. Otherwise, they're like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I I did get to ask a question today that I never thought I would ask in my journalistic career, which is, do you have an emergency long snapper plan? <laughs> that was because like, Drinkwitz made it sound like every long snapper was out. So it's like, could Drake Heismeyer, who's like the backup center, is he can he snap that well? I don't know. Like we talk about hard things to do. That would be a hard-ass thing to do. There's no chance I could launch that ball 15 yards back to a punter with like a 300-pound dude straight over my head. I would be awful at that. So, what's that? I, I think I could do it. I think I could do it for punts because you just you got to get it close. You know, it's just like heave it back there. Um, for for field goals, I think would be harder because you know you got to be very precise there. I don't think I could do that, but uh, yeah, I don't I mean, know. At that point, if you really do have issues, just like don't try to kick. Just go for it on the plus yeah. side of the field and go for two. You, maybe you have to try to punt. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm be honest. Quick. I don't I don't really think you could do either one. But you know, <laughs> I don't have a lot of confidence in you. But hey, I didn't think we could do a live show on the internet, but we pulled that off. Apparently, I mean, people seem to have seen it, so that's good. 
mm-hmm. not bad first effort, I guess. We will be back. Uh, Woods kickoff, 6 o'clock Saturday night. So I don't know. I'll let you guys know. Um, I'm thinking 4.15, something like that. We'll be live from the pregame show. Mitchell will be spilling nacho cheese on his in the socially distanced press box and uh we'll skype him in no buffet this year it's pre-wrapped probably no nachos no oh <laughs> no no nacho cheese out of the spigot the, the cheese fountain yeah. that's that's a shame so yeah. don't eat the press box nachos never good <laughs> so uh yeah we'll be back on saturday we're gonna have coverage all week uh we're previewing the game you know thursday friday obviously kick off saturday night uh it's kind of starting to seem real. It's football season, so uh, I don't know. Parting shots, Mitch? That's all I got. Thank you all for watching. More participation than I thought for our first effort. And, uh, yeah, excited to watch an actual football game in person on Saturday. Should be good. Yeah, well, I guess uh, nowhere to go but down from here, but uh, we'll do it again. Talk to you guys later.